Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with amazing rising artists. And like always, we have another great artist for you today. Um, that's Kylie Trout, and we're looking very forward to hearing a little bit of her story, a little bit about her music, and just get to know her as a person, not just her as an artist. Kylie, are you here? Yes, I am. How are you? I'm doing good. And yourself? I'm great. Thank you. So as we get started, before you really dig deep in, in anything, um, tell us a little bit about where you're from, who you are, um, and what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music. You know, a little bit of just so people can get to know a little bit of who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm from Southern California. So I grew up here my whole life, still live here. Um, I actually grew up with my grandparents for the first eight years of my life. Um, and they were the ones that introduced me to country music. Um, and then my my love for it's just been since I was little. I remember my grandma still tells me stories of when I like couldn't even walk yet. I was in my car seat and she would just blast Martina McBride and Kobe Keith, and I'll just be dancing, trying to sing, but like I couldn't even talk yet. <laughs> so it's always it's always been in my blood. It's funny too because everybody in my family is all into sports. Everybody who played baseball or softball, mm-hmm. and I'm over here like, <laughs> no, thank you. I'm going to stick to music, so, yeah, that's me, and outside of music, I mean, sometimes, like, I do, like, I'm a little artistic, you know, so, Mm -hmm. especially right now with this whole quarantine thing going on, you kind of got to find ways to keep yourself busy, so I've been painting a lot, and it kind of just relaxes my mind, so, yeah. So, what's something, like, quirky about you that people would find interesting? Um, hmm. that's always a really hard question for me because I feel like I'm just like <laughs> boring. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally, my whole life is just music. Um, honestly, I'm not well, sure. Because <laughs> what's funny is like with my wife and I, I wouldn't say this is quirky, but probably people would find interesting is that we have been a 24/7 couple for 17 years of marriage. Wow. Not too many people can say that. Yeah, congrats to you guys. And, and not too many people actually want to do that. Because <laughs> we've been, right? so many people have told us, are y'all crazy? <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. I am on here too. I didn't make it on here. But yes, a lot of people thought we're crazy for that. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, hey, you got some good stick with it. Yeah, and of yeah. course, what better then than the Chris and Sandy show, right? There you go. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know when we first, you know, when we first launched this show, we wanted to be a little different than everybody, and mm-hmm. we were like, well, how can we be yeah. different? And of, and of course, we're different because we're married. Uh, mo- there's mm-hmm. very few married couples actually doing shows like this. But That's the true. big difference that I wanted to be was um, one of the allow artists like yourself to actually tell pieces of their story. Don't have to tell the whole story, right. but, you know, so, you know, cause you know, a lot of times I'm sure since you said you've done a lot of interviews, you get on there and they're usually probably 15, 20 minutes. There's not right. a lot that can go on in 15, 20 minutes. So we wanted mm-hmm. to give artists sure. 60 minutes. In fact, our longest interview was 90 minutes, but that ain't normal. Yeah. Usually about 45 to 45 to 60 minutes, but the goal is to allow you to tell some parts of your story that you're willing to be open about yeah. and all that. Right. So 
as you said, just from a little girl, you knew music was it. When did you really know that this was wanting, where you wanted to be a career in this? When did that start? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was actually really funny for me because when I was little, I was like the shyest person ever. <laughs> Like, I couldn't even order a meal at, like, McDonald's. Like, that, that's how shy I was. I couldn't talk to anybody. So, yeah, and then I I guess one day there was a talent show at my school, and I was in fourth grade, and mm-hmm. something in me just clicked, and I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try out for it. Like, you know, I'm going to try out for it. So I ended up trying out for it, and then I ended up making it, and then mm. – it was the night mm-hmm. of the talent show, and then I remember I said Never Ever Getting Back Together by Taylor Swift, <laughs> and me and my sister did it, and we had this whole dance oh, wow. choreography routine thing, and we sang to the song, and we had our little props mm-hmm. and everything, and I just remember stepping on that stage, and I was like, this is what I want to do, and like, oh, wow. we sang the song, and afterwards, I walked off, and I was like, can we go back up, like... And everybody was like, like, what's wrong with you? What happened to you? You were like, Yeah, I was just hoping. So, yeah, that's what really started it. And and you talking about shy. Here's what's funny, because I've got friends of mine that knew me back, and I'm 48 now, but I've got friends of mine Mm -hmm. that knew me back when I was 14, 15, 16, 17, even 18, 19, Mm -hmm. who, who have recently ran back into me because of Facebook and all that. And they're like, who are you? Because I was I was one of the even though I was a guy I was one of the most shyest guys you would ever meet in high school, and all mm-hmm. that. And I would I mean I took F's in school if I had to give an oral book report. Nope, not doing it. I'm not standing up. Nope, just not doing it. And now mm-hmm. here it is. I'm interviewing all these different people and and now you're talking to everybody. <laughs> and yeah. they're like. They're like, what happened to you? I was like, I guess life. Because <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. cause I, I realized, you know what, through the years that just because you're shy doesn't mean you can't go and be, do unshy things, as people would say. And of course, that's not mm-hmm. proper grammar, but, <laughs> you know, but I just would, you know. <laughs> you know. And finally, it just dawned on me, you know what, I can do whatever. And I'm so glad that you did what you did mm-hmm. by getting up on that stage. You you defeated yeah. that fear, and you right. realize, wow, I can do that. Right, and it was so crazy, too, because I remember before that, um, I told everybody, mm. I was like, you know, I want to I wanna try singing lessons. I want to go get better. And so mm-hmm. my grandma oh, wow. actually took, yeah, my grandma took me to this one voice coach, but it wasn't private lessons. It was me mm-hmm. and about three other girls. And so we went there, and we were in this room, and it was just the teacher and the piano, and then me and the other girls were standing around it, and there was, like, parents sitting in the room, too. And she made us, um, like, sing the scale, and then she made us do it individually. And when it got mm-hmm. to my turn, I froze like a deer in headlights. <laughs> I looked at my grandma. I started crying, and I ran off. And that was only with, like, what, seven people in the room total? <laughs> and then when I wanted to try out for the talent show after that, they were like, what is wrong with you? Like, who are you? <laughs> you, you know, sometimes, though, a lot of people don't realize this. Sometimes it's actually harder to whether it's singing, speaking, it doesn't matter. Speaking, mm-hmm. singing in front of two or three people. 
Oh, 100 percent. Because then you can 100, see them. 200 people. Yeah. Yes, you can <laughs> see all their eyes with a big crowd and lights and everything. You can't see nobody. <laughs> right. Because I, I remember um, I, I've done a lot of different speaking through the years, and and it seems like if I spoke to just two or three people, even if I personally knew them, it was harder. I felt yeah. like. I felt so much more nervous and all that, but then I get in front of mm-hmm. 60, 100 people and no big deal. Right, for sure. For sure. <clears throat> so, so growing up, and I know you're young, so I guess growing up and now, who has yeah. been some of your musical influences? Yeah, so Kelly Pickler was a huge influence for me growing up because um, her story, I relate it with mine a lot. Um, my uh, what's it called? Biological mom. She was abusive mm-hmm. towards me when I was little, and I haven't seen her since I was four. And mm-hmm. um, that was really hard for me, you know, growing up. Yeah. Um, and Kelly Pickler, her mom wasn't in her life, so when I was little, I used to look to her a lot, like as as a role model. And she has a song called "I Wonder," and it's about her mm-hmm. mom and just saying how she like wonders where she is, wonders what she thinks about her, wonders why she did what she did, you know. And mm-hmm. I just used to listen to that song when I was little, and I would just cry. It would just make me so sad. Oh, wow. I was like, dang, you know? But at the same time, I was like, wow, hold up. Like, I'm not the only person in the situation. Yeah. Like, there's other people yeah. in similar situations. So that's what really brought my love for music out even more and brought me mm-hmm. towards songwriting. And last year I released a song called Can't Remember Growing Up, but it was kind of inspired by her song, you know? And mm-hmm. my song was just, like, telling my mom, like, you know, this is how you made me feel. Like, this is what you did to me. And I was a mm-hmm. four-year-old that had to grow up too fast because of the yeah. circumstances I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, at the end of the song, it goes, I just want to say thank you for how strong <laughs> I've become because of you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that song, it was really cool because it did bring me a lot of closure. And I still look up to Kelly Pickler for that reason because, <laughs> That's a part and of that, my heart that will never go away, you know. And that's so such a powerful statement to say because a lot of people don't realize that that the past that you have has made you the girl you are today. hundred percent. And um, and now, granted, if you don't like who you are, then you might not. You might really <laughs> hate your past. But you know what? If, right. It sounds like you're comfortable in your own skin now. So yeah. although that was a big trial you went through, and and none of us should ever have to go through anything like that, but you did, mm-hmm. and you're here. Right. And you can push music. That's what's great about it, is as mm-hmm. you grow in your music, you'll be able to have some of your music come out on issues like that that will change thousands of lives. Right. Oh, for sure. And that's not like I'm a huge believer in everything happens for a reason. You know, God has his hand in everything, and mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. he knows our plans, so – but then I, I also think, yeah, for sure. In all these mm-hmm. bad situations, I say, like, you know, mm-hmm. they're bad, but it's good song material. <laughs> That's, <laughs> <what I'm saying. laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, like like Taylor Swift. If if you mm-hmm. if you cross her, you're going to be in her song. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sure. one cool thing about songwriters that uh, we get to know more and more. You know, and that's mm-hmm. what I love about artists. And when I say artists, I'm saying artists because there's a difference between a singer and an artist. A singer, right. you hear the song, but an artist makes you feel the song. And a real sure. artist 
knows how to sing to where not only you feel it, but you feel like that song is you, like what Kelly did for you. You were in mm. that song. And, oh, and, sure. and as we interview so many artists that, that write, that's one thing we love about what y'all do is you write your story pretty much. Mm-hmm. You know, now granted, there might be a handful of songwriters out there, but they write other people's experiences, which is still good. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's still good that they do that because, again, you can still learn from other people's experiences. But we really love right. the artist that pulls a song from their soul. Right, for sure. Oh, yeah. So when you, you know, so what drives you right now? Right now, you know, just making my family proud, doing what I love to do and, you know, having fun while doing it and, yeah, honestly, I'm I'm super big. I'm close with my dad's side of the family. They were my saving grace. Like, I oh, wow. love them. Like, I live with my grandma and my grandpa for the first eight years of my life. And then I moved mm-hmm. in with my dad and my stepmom, my stepsister, and then my little half-sister. So I got two little sisters. They're, I love them. They're a little <laughs> – the youngest one's a little crazy. She's eight. Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes I think about getting rid of her. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But my other – my stepsister, she's a year younger than me, and she's like my best friend and my stepmom. And I'm so close with my grandma, my grandpa, and my aunts and my uncles. So, yeah, I just – about making them proud and being there for them like they were there for me. Yeah, well, you got an eight-year-old little boy and a one-year-old little daughter. So. Oh, he <laughs> so, do, yeah. <laughs> and he loves her. Oh, oh yes, so protective good. big brother. So sweet. Right, that was awesome. right. <laughs> yeah, because when, when Sandy was pregnant, we were nervous. Okay, you know, him being seven at the time, we're like, you know, with that big age difference, how is he going to really – Mm-hmm. Do this, and uh, he's fell in love with her. So we're like, okay, this is good. <laughs> that's really yeah. good. Oh, that's yes, so cool. I have a helper there, a big brother. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, as you look back on your career so far that you've had, what are some of the mm-hmm. moments you've had where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Um, you know, I when I opened for Jared Neiman, that was really cool. Um, what else? I sang for, like, the national anthem for, like, the Angels, and that was oh, wow. really cool because it was so funny because mm-hmm. <laughs> we had, before the game, we were waiting and we were talking to one of the security guards, and we got mm-hmm. everybody in that stadium thinking that I was Mike Trout's, like, sister, I think it was, and I'm like, I don't even know if he has a sister, and people were believing it. It was so funny, but <laughs> that, was, that was funny, and then what else? I got to sing. It's, okay, this sounds like I love it so much. It's one of my favorite things ever. I sang mm-hmm. the national anthem for this surf dog competition where, like, dogs mm-hmm. surf. And, like, it was just the coolest thing ever because it was for um, Helen Woodward um, Animal <coughs> Center. So it was all, mm-hmm. um, like, a charity mm-hmm. event. So I, I love doing those charity events. So it's giving back. So, uh, I think it's really, really cool. And that's something that we love, too, about country music. Now, again, all music gives back, but I don't think nobody gives back the way country music does. Right. I agree with you. I mean, when you look at all the big artists, and especially you really shown what Nashville slash and all the big artists in Nashville, what they represented when all the tornadoes hit. Mm-hmm. I've never mm-hmm. seen a community come, come together like that. 
and we're planning mm-hmm. on moving to Nashville eventually. And yes, right. I have, I've got a lot of friends in Nashville, and I remember I we live in Savannah, and I posted, and it was this was actually for Savannah, wasn't for Nashville, but I posted on Facebook about a couple months ago, before we launched the show, and I said um, I'm looking for if anybody has an extra mic for like podcasts and stuff. Um, if you're local in Savannah and you got an extra one just laying around, let's talk. I'd love to get it from you. And I actually had mm-hmm. a guy well, from Nashville private message me and say, what's your address? I'll, I got one. I'll mail you one. Oh. And, and mm-hmm. none of my Savannah friends even offered nothing. Not, nothing. Oh. <laughs> but yet my Nashville wow. friends. You're like, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and, it, yeah. and it's funny because it's like God has a plan. Because, see, we always wanted to move to Florida. It's always been, you know, we love Jacksonville, Florida. And all that. We go there a lot. And, mm-hmm, and like, we we've tried to create friendships down there because we go there all the time, and just nothing mm-hmm. happens. And it's like, it's like everything right. we try to do down there falls apart. And we're like, well, why is it? Why, are <clears> do, why do doors keep shutting in Jacksonville? We're trying to make a tra- transition down there. And then all of a sudden, one day I looked at Sandy, and I said, you, you realize maybe God has a plan here? Because all these doors here are shutting. But yet we've right. got all these friends in Nashville that all of a sudden wow. are there. And mm-hmm. we're like, so we're like, hey, God, maybe God has a plan. Maybe we're supposed to be in Nashville. That's kind of where our whole head changes. We realize, you know what, we're building something without even being in Nashville that involves Nashville. And it all happened by accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, you know, so here we are and, you know. Now we definitely plan on moving down there, but as as we talk about the good stuff, here's where we try to be a little different than than most of the other people out there. I like to flip mm-hmm. the script, and I'm gonna tell you a, a quick story of a of a um, artist that we interviewed back in 2014, and this is where I want to go with this next segment. Is um I interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and they were full time in music back in 2014. And I asked, what advice would you give an up-and-comer? And she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone who's full-time doing this. She said, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, then go do that and just keep music as a hobby. And she went on to explain why. She said, we have to sacrifice everything. So we have to go through more rejection than anything you'll ever go through, no matter what industry you're in. We have to, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have to sacrifice money. We have to sacrifice friendships. We have to sacrifice, um, and the, the struggles are just through the roof. And she said, she, we could have a death happen of our best friend today, but tonight if we got a gig, we got to smile like we're the happiest on earth. So yeah. she said that there's so much that you have to give into this thing. She says, but – if your heart won't allow you to do anything else outside of this, then go all in because you won't make it work if you don't. Now let's go a little bit there. That's kind of where I want to go with this is what are some of the struggles, the battles that you've had to fight through the last few years to mm-hmm. try to get to even where you are right now? Um, because what mm-hmm. I want this segment to be is I want people to understand because a lot of people, you know, I'm sure you've heard it, well, artists just need to go out and get a real job. All artists hear yeah. that. You, you just need a real job. And like I've told people, don't tell an artist to get a real job because they got something better. they got a passion to live for. And people right. don't get that. So, I'll, so I want people to understand 
through the artists we interview that not only do y'all do have a real job because this is a job because you're wearing all these different hats like it's a job because it is a mm-hmm. business, but what mm-hmm. y'all go through because I don't think people realize that. Yeah, so that's for sure. You know, Just tell us some of that. Yeah, so like what she said, you could have some like a death, and then that night, if you have a gig, you put on put on your face and get on with the show. I think that's that's the biggest thing that people don't understand. It's it's not all like fun, and mm-hmm. it's not always we're having a great time. A lot of times, you know, I've I've been at shows where. I'm just not having it that day and I'm just not in the mm-hmm. best mood or something happened and I'm just thinking about it and you know, people got tell me like, girl, like you gotta snap snap out of it, like mm-hmm. get on your face, like let's go. And I'm like, you know, you're right. Like show must go on. It's always been the same and it's it's not easy because if you're not yeah. in the mood then you're not you're not gonna put out your best performance <laughs> and you <Yeah>. know <laughs> That's just how it how it works. And with me, like since I'm so young, another thing is also people tell you you get one of three responses most of the time. Mm-hmm. One is, "Oh, you're so young. That's great. You know, keep working." Mm-hmm. Second response is, "Oh, you're so young. Oh, you know, we're not we're not working with young. You know, like just go. That's." <laughs> Well, I guess that's pretty much the same thing. And then another response is, you know, oh, you're so young. Let's work with you. <laughs> so it's like you, everybody has their own opinions. Everybody has their own way of working. And, you know, or people could listen to your song and be like, oh, you know, I, this is great. Or they could be like, oh, you know, I don't like this. And it could be the same song. <laughs> I think it's great. Somebody <laughs> else might not like it. So it's going through that rejection as well. And, um, <laughs> Being being young, it's it's difficult because writing, you know, I'm young, but I've had the same emotions as everybody else. <laughs> um, yeah. I've had things like a lot yeah. of things happen to me, you know. And, and you've so had it's to grow hard, up fast. A hundred percent, and so it, it's hard having to kind of filter what you say in a mm-hmm. way that a younger audience wouldn't be like, "Whoa!" Like she's only seventeen, she said that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. So mm-hmm. I that's that's another struggle. Um, but yeah, it's 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 hard work. It really is, and it's not all like and I said. It's not all fun that. and games. And right, people don't get sure. that. They they see these big artists up there like a Blake and a Miranda and a Carey, and like well, let's mm-hmm. use Blake for example. You see him on The Voice, and and let's face mm-hmm. it, he's having fun. <laughs> you know, right. doing what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. But. There's so much work that he's had to do, not only to get there, but to stay there. And, you know, and yes, for that one hour that you see, it's probably taped 10 hours, I'm sure, something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's like so grueling. And and, and when they edit, they edit just the funny parts of Blake. I'm sure there's stuff that he says mm -hmm. that don't get edited, Mm -hmm. that get edited out. And and that's the other thing. Yep. Go Sorry, ahead. Keep going. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, like, that's the other thing with social media nowadays, too. People only mm-hmm. post what mm-hmm. people want to see. People only post yeah. the good part of things. So I feel like that's another reason why other people must think, like, oh, you know, they got it so good, or 
you know, they're they're happy or like mm-hmm. they're having fun all the time. Like I wish my life was like that. And it's like no, like we're all. It's not like everybody's one person so special that they don't have yep. hard days. Mm-hmm. Like everybody yeah. has those hard days, and that's just exactly real, and, real life. Y- you know? Y'all just found something that y'all love to do. See, most most people have never go through their whole life. They could be fifty, sixty, seventy years old. And they have mm-hmm. never found a passion in their life. Y'all have. Right. And being, even though how young you are, you have found that passion that you know that you can't live without. Like, let me, 100%. It's real. Because, like, we, you know, we run New Country Media here. And, and, we, and, yeah, we have fun on this show. We talk serious stuff. And we talk funny stuff on the Chris and Sandy show. But, you know, mm-hmm. that once we hang up, the reality sets in that, you know, the show ain't making money right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we do mm-hmm. odd in, odd jobs to keep us afloat while we're trying to build this media company. Mm-hmm. So we have no idea mm-hmm. if this vision that we have ever be what we want it to be, but we keep moving forward because we believe that God's behind this, and we believe that right. he has a plan, and we believe that this is what we're supposed to be doing in this time and marriage. And, I, and that's what I get the sense that you are. You believe that at this point in your life, God has you on this path. And this path mm-hmm. is music, and you can't, and you cannot not do it. A hundred percent. I c- I couldn't see myself doing anything else. People ask me that. They're like, you know, what if the music thing doesn't work out? And I'm like, well, well you know what? I don't like to think like that. <laughs> like, you should say, well, see, mm-hmm. you know, here's what they don't get. When someone says that, ask them, what if it does? Exactly. That's what. I, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Because I you think know, that's you can ask a million what ifs. <laughs> and and you know what? If you live your life on what if, you know, like when you when you um, watch a lot of these backstories of a lot of these artists, and people just mm-hmm. don't get cre- creativity from people, and, and it don't it can be actors, it could be artists, it don't matter what, but anything in the creative lifestyle, people don't get. So you, there's so many mm-hmm. stories when they interview people, they ask them. You know, and, and you know they're making millions now. What was your plan B? What would you have been doing if music didn't work out? Ninety percent mm-hmm. of the time, they say nothing. I had no plan mm-hmm. B. This was my plan A through Z. Yeah. And they're like, well, what if it didn't work? And they were like, no, it was going to work. Mm-hmm. I was going to, you know, and that's and 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 the hosts are always like taken aback because you're taught all through life that you have to have a plan B and a plan C and a plan D. But something mm-hmm. that, like what Allison said, is if you're not all in when it comes to music, mm-hmm. you you ain't going to make it anyway. I mean, I remember hearing somebody say this, and I will never forget it. And again, some people will get mad at me for this, but I really don't care. It's my show. But um, <laughs> I remember someone telling me that um, if you have a plan B, your plan B will be your plan A within five years. I believe that. Honestly. Because again, if, if you've got that back door, then you're like, well, if this doesn't work, I can always come over here. And yes, we make money outside of new country media, but we don't have a plan B. I don't want a plan B right now. My, mm-hmm. you know, I know that we have to give everything we can to this. So we're, we're with you on, you know, as an artist, you know, y'all go through some of the same stuff. So, tell us a little bit about maybe the rejection side of 
of your whole thing. Of what what is it that you go through on a monthly basis on that side? Because people don't really think about that either. Yeah, you know, like as an artist, you do have to go through a lot of rejection. Like I was saying earlier, you could show somebody a song and they could be like, oh, I love this. And then you could show the next person, they could be like, oh, this is terrible. And it's all just off of opinions, you know. I've mm-hmm. I've auditioned for The Voice, for American Idol, all that. And mm-hmm. I've been multiple times. And, you know, I make it to the final stage of, like, the pre-rounds. And then they're like, you know what? Come back next year. And that also goes back with the age thing. So with me, mm-hmm. I would say the biggest struggle is age. Because you'll find You're people right. that would love to work with you. And then you'll find people that, you know, come back next year. You just keep getting that, and you're like, okay, well, I'm here, I'm ready, and I'm willing to put in the work. And, like, yeah, going back to what you said Mm. that she said about the plan B thing, I feel like if you do have that plan B and music is your plan A, hopefully, I feel like you do get comfortable knowing that you have a backup plan so you won't put in Mm -hmm. 100% to get Mm -hmm. where you actually want to be. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like it's and, just. And of course, I'm not telling driving. people. I'm not telling people not to prepare. I mean, because you got to prepare for. Right. right. Like, like, who could have prepared for the coronavirus? I mean. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. So, so you <laughs> got to prepare, but I think what I think it's a mindset that I'm trying to get at. I think that that you can mm-hmm. you can make money doing other stuff, but if it's something mm-hmm. that takes everything from you to do, the odds are you will lose music. Right. It's more of a mentality. And there's so many, yeah, there's so many talented people out there, and if you're not all in, somebody else will be. So. Now, out of curiosity, mm-hmm. are you ever plan, do you have plans of eventually moving to Nashville? Uh, yes, that's my goal. That's always been my goal. Okay. Um, Here's advice I've gotten from somebody. first. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely that. But one of the advice that I got from a guy named Brandon Maddox, who's um, one of the big songwriters in Nashville, we we interviewed him back in 2014 also, maybe in 2015, mm-hmm. but one of them in there. But we interviewed him, and um, his, we were talking about Nashville. And he says, so many people are just up and moving here. He says, mm-hmm. I'm not saying not to move to Nashville. He says, what I, what, he says, what I want people to think about, is he said there's so much competition. We said when you get to Nashville, he said I don't care how good you are, mm-hmm. there's going to be people better than you on every corner. He says, he says he says it will intimidate you. He said so in mm-hmm. order to overcome that intimidation, he says people need to build their local base, build their mm-hmm. regional base, so that when you make that move, even if you're intimidated a little bit, you still got your base of fans that are help supporting you. Mm-hmm. And I've never forgot that advice. Yeah, I think that's super important. Because Nashville is, oh, my God, it's crazy. Like he said, like, every corner, <laughs> there's somebody, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, my God. Like, there'll be three bands playing on top of each other and on Broadway, oh, you know? Well. <laughs> and it's just, <laughs> there's so much talent. It's the hub. There's so much talent. Now, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and play your your song, You and I, and then we're going to talk about that. How's that? Cool. Sounds good. Bye. Hey, everyone. 
we have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Are you a business owner who needs capital to grow your business or you're in a tight pinch? With our simple and fast process, we can get you the money you need in under a week. When banks can't help, we usually can. Go to obtainbusinesscapital.com. That's obtainbusinesscapital.com and get pre-approved today.
Oh, yes. Love the song. Thank you. So what inspired that? Where'd that come from? Um, Honestly, I, I was talking to my dad one day, and we were just talking about writing and songs and everything and planning our next trip to Nashville. And he was like, you know, you just need a feel-good song. You need an upbeat song. And I was <laughs> like, you know, you're right. So, so then <laughs> I, I co-wrote this song with my good friend Jason Hamer. And, um, yeah, honestly, I came home with the chorus and a little bit of the verse, I want to say, and we finished it up, and I went to Nashville um, probably about, like, a month after that, and I recorded that with a few other songs that haven't been released yet that I'm super excited to release. Anyways, um, we were in the studio (laughs) with uh, Mm -hmm. Bill McDermott, Mm -hmm. and we were playing the song and um, charting it out and everything, and we were like, you know what, for some reason, like with the tempo and everything, it just, the verses feel too rushed. So then mm-hmm. we were trying different things, and we ended up actually basically cutting the verses in half and giving more time to drag out the words more and make it a little mm-hmm. more spacey. So mm-hmm. that wasn't so, you know. So, yeah. yeah, we changed it up, and then we recorded it the next day and with an amazing band out there and, did the vocals and the rest is history. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so. Is the collaboration with artists is that a lot of fun for you? Yes, I I love meeting other artists, writing with different writers. I it's so cool just being in a room with so much creativity and so much artistry. It's it's amazing. I love it. I love it. <clears throat> You know, like you said, your age is a big problem for some people. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, there's probably another issue that is big, too, that we um, – as women in country. I'm sure mm-hmm. that's probably another issue that you look at and you're like, wow, you know, the radio plays man, 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 man. And then they almost yeah. cry when they play a woman. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> but I think right now it's actually a really cool time. For women yeah. in country music, because it's being so recognized right now, mm-hmm. it's a big movement right now. Yeah. So, I think it's it's really cool. Actually. Yeah, it does right seem now. to be turning. Wish it would turn faster, but it does seem to be turning mm-hmm. um, yeah. a lot. Um, but I think it's taken on two for mm-hmm. y'all women to really step out, which y'all have, and then for podcasters like us to really focus mm-hmm. in on a lot of women. And I think that's helping the tide change. I think people are getting tired of. Not that guys ain't good because they are; they're awesome. But I think we need well, a brand sure, yeah. because because I think that that's what makes country music is you know is your Johnny Cash mixed in with your Loretta Lynn. That's what mm-hmm. that's country music. You know, it mm-hmm. takes the man and the female to really create right. that country music to me. <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. So I'm glad to see that some things are starting to change. And even in the 90s, they did play a lot more. But I think when the term bro country start, really started in the around 2000, seems like mm-hmm. that's when it took a turn for the worse. And, and although we like some of the music that comes out of the bro country, but I don't like mm-hmm. how it just took over. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think it does need to be recognized, and it is being recognized a lot right now. So we'll see. We'll see where it takes us. <laughs> exactly. So 
as a Gen Z country artist, what would people be surprised about you to know about you? You know, I feel like nowadays a lot of people, because um, country music, it's not too country anymore. You know, we mm-hmm. have all these genres like mixing mixing into it, and all these collabs with country artists and pop artists, or country artists mm-hmm. and rap artists. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think also like a lot of people. I, I don't want to say lost morals, but. Mm-hmm. You know, that old traditional country music, like, had morals, told a story. So I think yeah. with, with me, mm-hmm. I still carry on that, you know, those morals and telling a story. I just want to keep that mm-hmm. alive. With, yeah, and I, that, I, that, I, that, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, like, you know, I, I do appreciate the, uh, like, the pop country and everything. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I... My whole thing, like, I've sang traditional country before. Like, I love it. Like, that always have a place in my heart. But, like, I do like that pop country. And it took me a while to like it. Yeah. It did take me a while to like it. But Mm -hmm. I do like it. But I still want to keep those old traditional values in it. Yeah. And that's understandable because I think um, that's what's, you know, like like you said, the story. That's what was for a while missing from country music because that's what really the story right. is what makes country music. That's what makes country music unique to all the other things. Like, like the old saying, um, when, when you have three chords in, in the truth, that's country three chords music. And truth. You know? yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly <laughs> what, what I think is what makes country music unique. And again, I think the closest to country would be hip-hop because a lot of them do – Tell the story of the lives story. they live. May not be great, mm-hmm. but it, they do tell that story. And sometimes people don't want to hear it. But I think that's the closest. But for the most part, country music is where the story is at, and that's what we love. And that's, you know. And again, I love the songs that tell the story. The story is what matters. Right. Right. That's what brought me to country music with that Kelly Pickler song. She told her story. <laughs> exactly. Made me want to tell mine. <laughs> <laughs> so. If you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would y'all write about? Hmm. That's a hard one. I mean, right now I would say, like, I feel like Devin Dawson would be really cool to write with. He's just different, you know? Mm-hmm. He's, that, he's a gothic cowboy. <laughs> I feel like he holds that something unique, and I feel like that would be really cool to write mm-hmm. a song with him. What would y'all write about? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's always interesting what people say on that part of the question because because uh, again you know it's about what if you're gonna think about writing with this person what would you want to write about with him yeah i feel like with him he's very in tune with himself so i feel like mm-hmm. just writing a song and like relating like our lives i guess like feelings and mm-hmm like struggles maybe that we all go through and just yeah i would say that i feel like he's a very real person so you could dig in deep with that yeah that does sound good now as you know you know a lot of a lot of people prop up the artists and you just hear stories about the artist the artist artist but let's face it Mm -hmm. there's always a team behind the artist and without the team the artist can't perform can't do anything tell us a few team stories even Tell us about some of your most supportive team members, including like your dad. Tell us a dad story that people would think is um, cool. My, 
my dad's my rock. My dad is my best friend, honestly. Like we we bump heads a lot. We're both very stubborn. We're, <laughs> we're both, you know, we do argue a lot, but at the end of the day, I know he's my number one supporter, and mm-hmm. he's does everything. He's like my little dadager. He's my Uber driver. <laughs> he, <laughs> he keeps getting on me to get my license, but it got all postponed now because of coronavirus. But sorry, oh, wow. Dad. Anyways, <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. my dad, my dad does it all, and he's always there with me um, mm-hmm. wherever I go. And my manager, her name's Kim. She's amazing. She's more than just a manager. She honestly like took me under her wing. She, she's awesome. She goes out of her mm-hmm. way for me, and I just oh, wow. my whole my whole family too. Which is, I'm so grateful to have the support system that I have because I don't know where I'd be without them, honestly. Yeah, because there's a lot of artists. You know, the, one of the hardest things out there is, for many artists and um, mm-hmm. is parents. You, a lot of times, the parents are some of the most parents and even family are some of the most critical people within most artists because we've heard stories to where mm-hmm. where even the parents won't won't even buy an album <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. say, you know you got to go get a job you got to do this or we will not support that this is not you know and and i and I always cringe when i hear stuff like that because i've got friends mm-hmm. of mine and this is something that i want you to think about i've got friends of mine <clears throat> that have been in their profession for say 15 years mm-hmm. and they went to school for four, five, six years to do this profession. They've been in it for 10, mm-hmm. 15 years. And you sit down with them, and not all of them. Some are like, I am the luckiest person alive. There's some of that. But there's also some mm-hmm. where you sit down with them, and they're like, I'm miserable. I'm like, what do you mean you're miserable? You're, you're living this great lifestyle. You've got a great family. You've got this great mm-hmm. career. What's, what do you mean you're miserable? They're like, no, but this is not what I wanted. Not talking about the family part. Mm-hmm. That's the part they wanted. But the career. It's like this is not what I wanted, and I'm like, well, why? What? Why did you go this route? Oh, my parents pushed me this way. So now, for 15 years of their life that they've been in the career, and probably four or five years of their life in college, this they've wore this mask all these mm-hmm. years of because they really wanted to pursue a different avenue, but they wanted to please their parents more than pursuing that. And now they're almost destroying their life. They're drinking. They're, some of them is even cheated on their spouses because they're miserable, because this is not right. what they planned. All because they wore that mask. And yeah. I wish parents would hear that. And I always say that story on every episode because I want parents to understand that you might not agree with the music route, but don't steal that dream from your kids. Right, for sure. You know, I, I got really lucky. Um, with my my dad's side of the family, they're the most supportive people I could ask for. And but they're supportive because they they know how music was like a saving grace for me mm-hmm. when the whole mom thing was going on. And they they see something, I guess, and mm-hmm. I'm just grateful that they do. Yeah, we're all grateful because you've got a great voice. I think you've got something going here. Thank too. you. And Sandy, she's had, she has a story, too, of, from the past where, you know, music saved her. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yes, yes. And when I was bullied in high school, definitely music was very healing to to help yeah. me get me through that time period for sure. Mm-hmm. See, that, that's why I love music. It's just this common ground that we can just all relate with, you know? We're not the only right. ones in our situation. There's other people going through the same things. You may not may not know about it because they do wear that mask, but at the exactly. end of the day, you know, we mm-hmm. all got these. Because music, same thing music bonds people. Music is music moves people so much, and that's mm-hmm. what I love about what music does. And because we're a family show, we always um, you know, our little one uh, ask. He always wants to ask one question, so he's going to go to mommy. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. He's eight years old, so. <clears throat> um. but we always bring him on. That's awesome. Okay, here's Christopher. Okay. Hi, Kylie. What's your favorite food? Hi. My favorite food? I really like burgers. Burgers? Mm. Yeah, I would say maybe that, hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> and yours, though, Chris? Pizza. Pizza? I love pizza. Pizza's probably another one of my favorites. Yeah, he could eat pizza for lunch, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Okay, bye. Me too. Bye. <laughs> he he comes and goes. <laughs> so he's quick and to the point. He, <laughs> he sounds just like my little cousin. Like their voices oh, wow. sound similar. He's seven. Oh yes. <laughs> oh, okay, so he's eight. He loves mm-hmm. to be part of the show. That's awesome. Yeah. With, we're yep, we're training them young, and we our one year old daughter, and she gets old enough that we're hoping oh, to yes. plug her in too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we will. Finish the family show. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love that. That's awesome. So if um if there was one song out there, don't matter, it doesn't have to be in country, but whatever. So <clears> there's <throat> one song out there that could describe your life up to this point. What song would that be? Oh my gosh. Man, um, wow, that's like the hardest question anybody's ever asked me. What the heck? I like um, to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Or even oh a gosh, song that I'm moves not... you. Is there a song that, maybe there's a song that when you're down, you just pop in and then it just rises you. Hmm. Wow, y'all really got me thinking. Um, <laughs> That's the goal of our show. We are, you know, yeah. <laughs> wow. we want to ask things that people normally are not asked. Right. <laughs> um, wow, I don't. I would say "Homecoming Queen" by Kelsey Ballerini. That song. Oh wow! Is oh, that's really, a good one. Yeah. Yeah that 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 is a touching song. Very it powerful really song. Is because it's like, you know, like what we were saying with the mask thing. Mhm. Mhm. It's like because no matter who you are, no mm-hmm. matter who you are, you go through the same struggles. It just everybody thinks because you're a problem coming queen or whatever, you don't you don't go through those struggles. But but the people, right. whether whether they got mm-hmm. the beauty, whether they got the brains, whether they got the money, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They all go through the same struggles. Oh, right. yeah. I think Kelsey Ballerini has that, like, she's just so real. I've been listening to her album a lot, her 
a new one lately, and mm-hmm. every song on there mm-hmm. is just like so good. She's just so real with her words, and I really, I really look up to that. You're gonna love our next question, and because it kind of has to do with Kelsey a little bit. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> Um, if you had a magic wand and what you're about to say would come true, no matter what, no matter what you say, mm-hmm. where would you want to be or where do you, where do you, would you be in five years? And here's why I ask it this way. Past February made the five-year anniversary of us asking that same question to Kelsey Ballerini before anybody mm-hmm. knew who she was. And the mm-hmm. way she answered that back then, she's living that right now. Wow. So, you know, so keep in mind that she's living what she told us and her five-year thing. So what is, if you had a magic wand, where would you be in five years? You know, honestly, I want to be touring bigger places. I want to be writing with more songwriters. I want to be doing this as a career, full-time career, and in Nashville, hopefully, and mm-hmm. just living how I truly want to be living, I guess, with this whole music <laughs> career. That is awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure playing at the Opry. Oh, 100%. Yes. Oh, my God. How did I forget <laughs> that? <laughs> that was, that's like my dream. I, I've i been probably like two or three times, I would say. Um, now, within the past few years, and uh, as your dream is playing the Opry, has what, is there any venues that you played at so far that you're like, wow, that was an awesome? But what's your favorite venue? Hmm. Honestly, I mean, for me, venues. I mean, the Grand Ole Opry and the Ryman are the two that I've never played there, obviously, but. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the two where, like, I dream of playing. And mm-hmm. other than that, like, honestly, any venue, it doesn't really matter what the venue is to me. It's more of the crowd mm-hmm. there. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, I mean, one time I sang at this place called The Fifth. It's, like, a smaller mm-hmm. – it's a rooftop bar. And it's, like oh, – it's wow. just very – it's really cool. It's like right next to Disneyland. You can see like all the fireworks and stuff. So <laughs> I feel like that was, mm-hmm. that was really cool. And the people there were just amazing. I opened for Honey County oh, wow. and Lee Nash there two different times. And the, just the whole vibe of that place, like it's, mm-hmm. it's small, but it's like homey, you know? Yeah. It's, it's super uh, yeah. cool there. So I would say that's probably one of my top favorites. Oh, wow. So let's say you had a friend. <clears throat> And let's say that they've played maybe two or three shows, maybe ten tops, but they've enjoyed mm-hmm. it. And and they feel like this is something they'd like to pursue. And let's say that mm-hmm. you've heard them and you feel like, wow, they, they sound really good. What advice would you give them to guide them over the next two, three, four years to get them yeah, on the right um, path right now? I would just say with anybody, it's just that hard work. And before you – decide like or before you think like oh yeah like I'll do this like here and there like I like it you got to really step back and like Mm -hmm. decide is this what you want Mm -hmm. to do is Mm -hmm. this what you love to do and just 
you know, sometimes down the road, like, things do get hard, and you second-guess yourself, and you're your Mm. own worst enemy. And so I think it's really just about putting yourself in check and making sure that you're doing what you love. Amen to that. As we get to this last Mm -hmm. question, is there any question that you wish people like us would ask you but kind of never do? Um. Because, hmm. see, we've built some of our questions into our show based on this question. Like, there was one girl that we that we asked that question to, and she says, you know, I wish people would ask me what's quirky about me. That's where that came from. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> I can't even answer <laughs> that question. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, I guess you did ask me this one, but a big one to me is just, like, where – where did your love, like, for music stem from, I guess? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. like I'm glad you... The, yeah. And I'm glad you said it that way because, again, the whole purpose of our show is to be different. We want to ask questions that usually people don't ask. Mm-hmm. And I love it when people do say, you know what, this is what I wish people would ask, but you've already done it. We love yeah. that. Yes, we yeah. love that. Because, yeah, you you know, yeah. you've got a really cool story, and, you know, we didn't get as deep as I could have. Um, and wasn't sure where you would want to go. But I do like where this has been. You've been really great. So tell everybody how they can reach you. Now it's self-promotion time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you can go to my <laughs> website at KylieTrout.com. It has all my tour dates, um, all my socials linked on there. It has everything on there and then my instagram twitter and facebook all at the kylie trout and then my youtube um is just kylie trout oh and i just made a tick i keep forgetting to mention tiktok i finally made a tiktok that's at the kylie trout as well (laughs) (laughs) we really enjoyed having you today we yeah, did. Thank, I really enjoyed talking to you guys. Thank you so much. And we hope that in the next six months, 12 months, whatever, as your career grows a little bit, that you'll come back on the show and give us some updates. Yeah, of course. Of course. And we look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, have a good one. Bye. You too. You too. Bye. Hey, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Go to Kylie's website, look her up, buy her merchandise, buy her audios, do everything you can to support her because she has a vision, she's going somewhere, and she's actually got talent to do it. Um, Tomorrow, we'll be back for another great show. Talk to you then.